So welcome back to Runners on Trail, and this is episode two of a series about the Cape Roth Ultra. And we're going to talk about day two. And some other stuff. And some other stuff too. So day two, they say is 57 kilometres. In the end for me it was 56 and a half. And you start at the Glenfinnan Viaduct and end up at the end of the longest dead-end road in the UK, I believe, in Kinlochorn. So I guess the first thing to talk about on day two, which isn't really relevant on day one, is when you start the race. Yeah. So on every day of the Cape Roth Ultra, apart from the first day and the last day, unless you are one of the faster runners, mm-hmm. you can start any time after seven o'clock in the yeah. morning. And then the really fast runners, really, really fast runners, sort of top ten, yeah. are told they can't start till normally after half past eight. Right. And then the faster runners i'm guessing the top 30 i don't put it this way not me ever um are told we'd rather you didn't start till after eight okay and the reason for all of that is that they don't want those runners getting to the finish before they've managed to collapse the old camp move the camp and set it up yeah 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 and also they've got to get checkpoints manned and other stuff too yeah so they're confident in their ability that they would be able to get down that course that day in make the cutoffs etc i think that's their feeling on that yes yeah at the other end of the day the cutoff is 10 o'clock each night yeah and then there are certain cutoffs along the way each day mm. some of which are mandatory some of which are guidance times yeah so on day two i got up i had my breakfast and then there was a massive crowd trying to get out at seven o'clock mm. i thought you know i i think i'll wait a little bit yeah and in the end i left at about quarter past seven okay that didn't really happen many other days, and we'll get into that. <laughs> and I don't think that was me being ridiculously arrogant. I think it was just the fact that I looked at the day, thought about how long it was, and decided that that would be a good time for me to start. Plus, I was kind of trying to calm myself down. I'd eaten breakfast yeah. and felt a bit all nerves and everything else, and I was just trying to let those other people leave so I could go through the tent, get my tracker in a kind of relaxed way rather mm. than in the big crowd of everyone trying to get out in effectively what was clearly a worried state of getting out and getting the whole thing done. And so I left camp and started jogging up what is uh, about three or four K of road. Mm. A lovely again. So you can get some time in the bank. And I kind of decided, right, I'm going to run this road. It gives me time in the bank. Yeah. And what I'd done for each day was I'd written down the speed Mm -hmm. I needed to be averaging Mm -hmm. to get to the checkpoints. Yeah. And beat the cutoffs. Yeah. I also had a speed written down so I could get into camp in what I considered to be an appropriate time for the day. Right. I was hoping I'd get in most days between five and six. Okay. Which for me created a balance of preserving my legs on the shorter days, mm. getting through quickly on the longer days, so I could do so I could eat twice and do all my admin and all that sort of stuff. So I headed up the road and then up the hill, the first big hill we'd done. Yeah. And immediately you realised just how bobby it was. Yeah. And then we crested that first hill and started down the other side. And I realised I'd made a poor shoe choice for the day. So I took two pairs of shoes to run in. I took Brooks, which got an 8mm drop, but which are a bit firm sometimes for me. But also I've noticed that I get a little bit of rubbing occasionally in them. And then I bought a pair of 
ultra lone peaks. Yeah. And I'd run the Tuscany Crossing in them 100k, and they they like wearing slippers. They're yeah, amazing. Yeah, they're really soft. Yeah. And so I decided that for the walking days, where I wanted an eight mil drop. Yeah. I'd wear the Brooks, mm-hmm. but whereas when I was running on the longer days, I thought well, I'd be landing more on my forefoot. Yeah. The, the zero drop didn't matter so much. Yeah. So I'd wear the ultras because they were softer. Mm-hmm. What became immediately apparent on that day was that the grip on the ultras wasn't sufficient. So this was a, day two was a short, considered no, a short day. No, a long day. A long day. Okay. Yeah, a long okay. day. So I was going to wear the ultras because I want to wear the ultras on the yeah, long yeah. days so I yeah, could yeah, run. Yeah. Run, run, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And on the shorter days, when I was having to walk more because I could go slower right, to try and okay. get some le- stuff back into my legs. Yeah, sorry, I thought if it was a longer day, it was, that would imply you were walking. No, no it's, the, the, the intention was the opposite yeah, way around, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. Pre- appreciate. It's a bit counterintuitive, but the idea was to always end up getting into camp at the same time. So the long days yeah, I could go yeah. quicker than on the short days. Yeah, yeah. But the grip wasn't good enough. And on the way down yeah, that hill, yeah. I I, don't, I lost count of how many times I fell over. They're not designed for thick mud. I came face to face, and I mean nose touching a boulder. If I'd been going a little bit faster and fallen a step later, I would have smashed my face open yeah. really badly. Yeah. And also going down that hill, forgetting the grip, there was, it was just really boggy to the point where you'd run for sort of six paces, and then you could end up up to your knee. Mm-hmm. And then no amount of grip's going to help you then. Yeah, I know. So it's day two of a Cape Rough Ultra. I'd just gone through checkpoint one. I was there at 9.40 in the morning. You had to be there by 10.45. Uh, I started about quarter past seven this morning. It's been an eventful stage so far. It's really wet. And uh, I'm wearing ultra lone peaks and I keep slipping and sliding everywhere. But so far I've sort of slid over God knows how many times. I fell over in a river, lost a pole in a river but managed to grab it. And then uh, I've literally been all the way up to my waist in a bog it's raining on and off but there are some stunning views uh, and at the moment I'm averaging 6.1 kilometres an hour which is kind of where I want to be for the day um, so would I like to have had more in hand at the moment? Yes but that bit was horrendous and a bit at the beginning had roads so I was up at sort of 9.5 kilometres an hour for the first 3k and we're currently, what, 15k in. But the last bit was... Oh, it was just almost funny. It was so boggy and slippery. But hey, I'm on a bit of... Double track now, fire track, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm going to start running again. Get some k's in the bank. i tell you what. <laughs> they say don't underestimate this race. And uh, in these weather conditions, I can bloody well see why. Goodness me. So can I ask a question about checkpoints? Yeah. Because there are, whilst you can take food with you, there is these checkpoints, they have food at them? No. Oh, okay. So they are li- once you've left the camp, you are totally self-sufficient for the day. Okay. Yep. There's no sausage rolls no. and anything else? No, you might get a hug. Okay. Uh, I've got a hug, a few hugs, it's some, self, some yeah. photos, but that literally so is... More like, there's not even any water or anything. They're more like... Um, yeah, control points. Safety control points. points, safety points rather than... Yeah, 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 okay. And they're mostly... You know, the manned ones are where they can get to without yeah, walking yeah. too far. Yeah, it makes sense because it's so remote that they're hardly going to stick a, a table up with some um, yeah sausage rolls on it. It is really remote. Yeah. As I said, you go through that first checkpoint and then there's some really good track running until you start going through another set of glens and towards a tidal lock. And again, it's in a lot of the videos a lot of people camp by this tidal lock yeah 
the stink of rotting seaweed on that day around there. Honestly, <laughs> I was I was dry heaving. It was horrendous. And then you go around the corner from that and head towards checkpoint two. And if I show you it on the map, you'll see what I mean here. Yeah. You run across this. Uh, Can okay. you notice what colour that yeah, is? Yeah, that's like a big lump of blue sea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, well, marshy, very, very extremely. It couldn't be any bluer without being solid blue. Could yeah. It? Uh, okay. And we were running across this, yeah. and I saw potentially what could have been one of the funniest things I've ever seen, apart from it, in many ways it wasn't. A dead body floating no, to the surface. No, I saw someone running <laughs> and then go up to their neck. Oh, right. Literally, they put their arms out, and that was all that stopped them, I think, going completely submerged in a bog. Right, yeah, yeah. And pulling themselves out from their shoulders upwards. Yeah, yeah. And us going, you are right, Yeah, I'm fine. And yeah. make sure they got out, but then carrying on it. It's just like the dead marshes in Lord of Honestly, the Rings. Honestly, it was it? so Something boggy, like yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Bog fest. Bog fest. Oh my goodness. So, I got through checkpoint two at 12.40. No, 12.35. Which was two and a quarter hours inside the cutoff. Which is three o'clock. And, uh, since checkpoint one... <laughs> it's been boggy oh my goodness has it been boggy really really boggy interestingly I bumped into a guy who'd done it last year and he said that first bit that I said was really boggy was completely dry last year when they ran it so just goes to show what a difference the weather can make here average pace is down at 5.7 kilometres per hour which is a bit of a pity but Hey, I'm doing the best I can. And if I can get in by six o'clock tonight now, I'll be over the moon, to be honest. And then it was raining on and off, and then a really steep climb. So again, over the top of that, slipping and sliding my way down the slope, trying not to kill myself. Yeah. Because the ultras I found were great if I hit wet rock, but no good on mud. Yeah. So I'm trying to aim for wet rock as I'm running down a hill. Oh, if I, I missed it and hit mud, I'd basically yeah, slide yeah, on yeah. my backside. Yeah, yeah. It was just horrendous. Oh, that last bit's been tough. So I've just gone through what is checkpoint three, although it's only for guidance time, there's no one actually there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, been really, 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 really tough. It's now four o'clock, so it's eight hours, 45 minutes, and I've done 47 kilometers, so I've got 10 to go. So I've heard this last bit can actually take three hours to do the 10 kilometers. So I just need to get my head down and get it done. And I got to this last 10K and made one of those classic fatal mistakes of going, right, well, I want to eat when I get into camp, so I don't want to eat too much food now, so I'll stop eating. Yeah, yeah. And had a massive, massive bonk. Right. Huge bonk, with about 7K to go. Yeah. I managed to stuff some gels down and stuff, but it was a real tortuous last 10K. And given the fact everyone said this last 10K could take three hours, I should have taken notice. But again, it was just really narrow trails, up a bit, down a bit, really yeah, rocky, yeah, you're sort yeah. of climbing bits, yeah, you're not really yeah. able to get a bit of running speed yeah, going. Yeah, you can't get going. Your legs are tired. Yeah. Because the marshes and everything else we'd run across had really taken it out of us. Mm. And there was a real worry from a lot of us because day two was so difficult, but mm. day three was supposed to be the hardest day. Yeah, and you could, right. we were all talking to each other going, how can day three be harder than this? This is yeah, horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. No wonder they say these races are really difficult. Yeah, yeah. But eventually I got into camp at about five past six in the evening. Okay. So, you... so I'd hoped to get in about an hour earlier, I guess. But still hours ahead of the cutoff. Oh yeah. So I got to my tent and I was the first person there. Yeah. 
which really surprised me. Mm. There were some really good runners in my tent. Yeah. I knew there were. So I went and had some chips, as per the plan, and some cake, and then went for a wash in the river, which was right next to our tents. But it wasn't warm, yeah. and the rivers weren't particularly warm. No. But I kind of felt I needed to wash. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I mean, I washed everything. Because there, no, there was no washing facilities there are, as such. So no, it's... only on day seven. Okay. Day seven, there's a shower. Yeah. Um, 200. And... <laughs> well, we're not by that stage, but but yeah, a lot of people to get through it. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, there's more so... than one shower. There are showers oh, okay, okay. On, on day seven. Yeah, we can talk about those when we get to day seven. But, so yeah, so I washed off and then one of the my tent guys, Paul, arrived back at about just gone seven. But you began to realise how attritional day two had been mm. because talking to the volunteers, they were clearly expecting a lot more people to have arrived back by now. Yeah, yeah. And the, the state of the course was starting to have a big effect on the race already. Well, was the course, because I've suffered from this in a couple of races where when it's wet in particular, the further back you are it, it, amongst the runners, because cause the trail isn't used that much, it's very wet. And then by the time 150 people have gone across that grass or, you know, that bog ahead of you, and literally only within the 30 minutes ahead of you, the state of the bog can be like three times worse for the people at the back than it was for the people going front. I think there were bits of the course that were like that, yeah, but not a huge amount. Okay. And the reason I say that is a fair amount of the course is trackless. Yeah. So you know where you're supposed to be running, but you're not running on a okay. path. Yeah, yeah. And where there is a path, it tends to have been fairly well run down anyway. And it was so rainy and muddy anyway. I think once a few people have been through it, it was it was it what it was. What it was. Okay. Yeah, I struggled to try and tell people how bad it was and try mm. to explain to them. But basically, after leaving camp each morning, your feet within an hour at least, but probably within ten minutes some days, your feet were wet and muddy and stayed like it the whole day. And when I say muddy, I'm talking about you know over your ankles. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up with grazed and mm. I'd taken all the skin off my inside ankles mm. where my shoe, my heel of my shoe would occasionally yeah. clip my foot. Yeah. And because the sock was soaked with mud and grit, yeah, yeah, it would yeah. act like sandpaper yeah, on my yeah, yeah. Yeah. ankle. You just got wet feet the whole time. Yeah. There were, I think, two more helicopter evacuations that day. I'm not sure what for. Okay. So we're up to three helicopter evacuations now after two days. Mm. And the rest of my tent group rolled in with the last coming in at about nine o'clock yeah. at night, which made you realise just how tough a day it had been. Yeah. I guess some of the helicopter evacuations is because it's so remote. There's no way to get to people unless it's get a helicopter. So the end of day two is at the end of, I think, the longest dead end road in the UK. <laughs> so Longest uh, cul-de-sac. Yeah, literally. So... Yeah, we got to the end of day yeah. two. Uh, I don't know. With just a, it was just a bit weird. I wasn't expecting to be first into my tent. Yeah, I was expecting a lot of the other runners to be in very quickly after me anyway. And, yeah, and it just had this feeling of okay, th- this race is going to be really tough. And I know that sounds silly because of course we knew it's going to be yeah, tough, yeah. but I, I there was this dawning yeah, of yeah, yeah. just how tough it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. And was there a reason why those that transpired why those runners? had taken longer time is it because they just course conditions okay it yeah. was it wasn't that tactically they thought no i'm just going to take it a bit easier this day or anything like that well they were trying to pace themselves absolutely they right, were trying okay. not to push too hard they'd taken the yeah, decision yeah. to not thrash themselves yeah yeah to go at a pace they thought they could sustain yeah yeah 
and keep going. Okay. For some yeah. of them, I, some of them might have been just going as hard as they could. Yeah. But certainly some of them I spoke to, yeah, we're just trying to do that. Okay. And I know I got to that end and realised just how tired I felt. Yeah. I've been expecting to finish between five and six, feeling mm. right ready for day three, the tough day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can remember just going to bed and going, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. How on earth, what, what, how on earth am I going to cope tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm already now just thinking about it, just thinking how what it was like at the end of that day just how the dawning the realization yeah and it's not there is that moment though isn't there in in you know i guess in in all in all races where you know of of, of any kind of length even like 100 milers and stuff where you go and go yep i'm here i'd forgotten i thought it was going to be a, a lovely time and you know 40 miles in you're like yeah here we are <laughs> yeah but it's more extreme i know it's not the same it's it's, an, it's another level no you're right stuff. but i had made a sort of deal with myself that this race had to be different mm. i had to enjoy the race while i was doing it there had to be a good amount of type one fun in this okay it couldn't just be i didn't think i could sustain type two fun for eight days was this because oh i see but it, it, for, for morale reasons you wanted some type one fun in there or or because because the event it was you wanted to have have that you know what was it i'd seen loads of amazing videos online about the Cape Roth Trail and mm. how amazing it was mm. and I used the term with my wife which she hated that this was going to be a self-propelled sightseeing tour of the Cape Roth Trail okay and if you want to do the Cape Roth Trail it's quite difficult to do logistically yeah yeah and so this is one of the best ways you can do it mm. and take some of that logistical nightmare and give it to someone else. Yeah. And I know I wasn't the only one who thought that because yeah, yeah. there were other people who said exactly the same thing to me. It was one of the reasons they were doing the event yeah. was to take the logistical planning of doing the Cape Roth Trail and give a lot of it to Outsource somebody else. It. Yeah, Outsource yeah. <laughs> and, and just ru- And just do the walking, effectively, or running yeah, of it yeah. yourself. And so that's why I wanted it to be type one thing. This wasn't about doing an ultramarathon. This is yeah. about seeing Scotland. Yeah, yeah. And so... That's why I had to enjoy it while I was doing it. Mm. And at that point on day two, I thought, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this that much. <laughs> and I didn't think that was a good place to be. Yeah. But anyway. So apprehensive. Yeah. Maybe were you feeling, was there an edge of kind of like, those were really bad conditions. I still got in with a few hours spare. You know, whilst it's bad... It wasn't like panic stations. Because if the course had been running fast, you might be at panic stations. And yes, the weather bad creates a bad feeling that, oh my God, the weather's really bad. But you you still got in with like three plus hours spare. Yeah, and there was a bit of it that said to me, right, well, if all these great runners Mm. are doing longer times, then it's all going to be fine because they're all good good runners. I'm doing all right. And and we'll all get through. You know, every year about 60% people get through i'm in the group with all those good runners everything will be fine yeah yeah presuming about the same percentage would finish as normally do and everything else which was not the case unfortunately this year ultimately and i went to bed slightly worried about day three runners on trail